episode is sponsored by Mercy Iowa City. We invite you to like and subscribe to our talks podcast wherever you listen. I'm Kelly with North Liberty Library and welcome to the Storytime Talks podcast. It's November, a time for welcoming families for the holidays and the start of reflections of a year nearly over. 2020 has been nothing if not eventful, and the biggest event of the year thus far is unquestionably the COVID-19 pandemic. From frontline healthcare workers to our own families, the impact of this virus has been felt by nearly every human being on the planet. It has disrupted our routines, the most complex of them being sending our children back to school. But the question begs, how are our educators adjusting to this new normal? To discuss further, we welcome educator and wellness practitioner Renee Zukin to the podcast. Here's a bit about our guest. Renee is an educator, writer, and host of the weekly series, Conversations to Raise the Collective Conscious, presented by Midwest Elevation. Renee graduated from the University of Michigan with a BA in English and went on to receive a master's degree from the University of Iowa in secondary English education. Over the years, she has focused her educational practice on issues relating to social justice and youth leadership. In addition, Renee works with adults as a coach and healer, offering wisdom from experience and compassionate healing mentorship. She supports community leaders, teachers, and healers in their quest to overcome anxiety, resistance, and stagnation so that they can create more joy and connection in their daily lives and, in turn, nurture and elevate the community as a whole. Since the pandemic began, Renee has been teaching fully online, navigating a new way of connecting and educating the Corridor's teens. Good afternoon, Renee. Hi, Kelly. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Absolutely. Well, thank you for joining us today. Tell us a bit about what you do as an educator. Sure. Well, my experience has been pretty varied, but uh, most recently I've spent the last five years uh, at Northwest Junior High as a Literacy and Success Center teacher. Awesome. Very good. Now, we are approaching the end of the first trimester of this unprecedented school year. As an educator, can you tell our audience what's been the most challenging aspect of remote teaching? Uh, Absolutely. There have definitely been some challenges. I would say that the major challenge, of course, uh, usually revolves around technology, whether it's learning a new technology or, as you know, technology does not work 100% of the time. Mm -hmm. So we're really having to be uh, flexible and we're always flexible as educators. New things are coming up all the time, Uh, but with the technology, for sure. Um, And since I teach at the junior high level, you know, the entire seventh grade class is all new to junior high as a whole. So it really was a, the beginning of the year was a big learning curve, not only in juggling, you know, seven or eight different classes and different teachers, which is so different than elementary school, but then also, you know, navigating new technologies and how to upload documents and checking your email you know these are all you know the list can go on and on so sometimes it feels like we are uh, inundated 
with the daunting task of everything being technology. Um, but, you know, once we got into a groove, things, uh, things kind of evened out. Things started feeling more like real classroom uh, environments, uh, even though I'm, you know, looking at little boxes in Zoom. Some with faces, some with names. <laughs> <laughs> so now that's another question I have, too, is um, how do you, and you work with teenagers, and yeah. I have a teenager, and you have a teenager. Yes. Uh, you, have, you have a couple of teenagers. A few of them. A few of you. <laughs> uh, so how do you keep their attention in remote learning? Are there some tips and tricks that you can pass on to some of the educators listening to the podcast of how you keep the, the teenagers engaged? Yeah, well, you know, the, the biggest thing I say to them is that I'm really just a weirdo. Uh, and I embrace my weirdness. So um, the biggest the biggest thing I found that's actually very simple, uh, and a lot of teachers do, is starting your Zoom with some music. Okay. So, um, you know, I pick something upbeat, especially when it's, you know, our Monday morning and oh, yeah. <laughs> everybody's Absolutely. literally rolling out of bed. <laughs> yeah, they're Zooming from their beds. <laughs> You know, I get some some good music going, and I you know pump it up, and I and I sing and dance along. I mean, I'm really I'm on camera just being you know my weirdo self, and it helps me get pumped up for the day, and the kids love it. Um, and then you know, just starting my classes with simple questions. You know, we had a whole four minute conversation about what everybody ate for breakfast. So it's it's not you know it doesn't have to be complex. It's really very simple. Um, and it's and similar to how you would engage with kids when they're coming in your classroom. We talk about, you know, shake hands with it. Well, maybe not shake hands anymore, but, you know, <laughs> greet, every student, yeah, greet every student as they walk in your door. And it's the same thing on Zoom. I literally name every kid and I say, you know, good morning or good afternoon um, and uh, and make sure that they know that I'm noticing them there, whether they have their camera on or not which we highly encourage but you can't require yes <laughs> yes I know that I can only imagine that you know getting them to put the camera on at the bare minimum uh can be frustrating but like you said you're focusing on what you can bring to the table to make the atmosphere more you know as engaging as possible from a virtual standpoint sure. now have there been any parts of the experience of the remote teaching experience thus far that have been enlightening for you as an educator? Mm. Yes, enlightening is a great word. Um, and you know, I mentioned the word the word simple, and it really is, you know, simplifying everything, simplifying the way you deliver the content, simplifying the curriculum itself. Um, we don't have to do everything all the time, um, and I think. That's a, that's a hard, you know, way of thinking about, oh, we have to get everything in. And the reality is, is the simpler we can make uh, the experience and our content, the deeper we can actually dive into some of the learning, especially for the kids who are ready for the deeper dives. Um, and I think uh, that allows that allows us all to not get so caught up in the details mm -hmm. and really focus on the relationships that we have with our students and it, and our relationships that we have with our colleagues and our parents, you know, parents yeah. are 
I'm, you know, some of them are right there watching me do my thing every day. Exactly. And I was just going to say that <laughs> what you said about you don't have to do everything all, you know, all at once. That is such good life advice. And so mentioning, you know, that this goes for parents and students and our colleagues, you know, spreading that awareness around, uh, especially during this just crazy time mm -hmm. is so essential. Do you find that, um, I know one, one tip that I've done in my personal life is if I can get three things done, I have a long to-do list to do at work. If I can get three things done on that to-do list, I'm going to be happy with myself. Is that kind of the approach or do you take a similar approach when you're looking at tasks for the day and your lesson plans? Like if I get X number of things done or if I get this one big, you know, piece of fruit, low hanging fruit done, then I'm good for the day. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think, um, you know, in a, in a weekly sort of lesson plan, it's, um, you know, lesson planning is, is very often we start from the end and think backwards, mm -hmm. right? What, what is the end result we want? What is, what is it that we want our students ultimately to learn and be thinking about? And then how do we get there? Um, and so what we're really doing right now, especially as a district and as, you know, different departments is looking at the ways in which we get there mm -hmm. and redefining um, kind of what those tasks are, how essential are some of those tasks. Mm -hmm. Yes, practice definitely makes perfect, but are we spending too much time on the practice? Right. You know, the repetitive practice versus that deeper dive that I was talking about earlier. Wow. Yeah. Um, so it's really been, you know, it's, it's uh, enlightening and it's difficult. Um, but I think these are conversations that really as a district we've been having for a long time. Um, and now it is absolutely essential that we not just have the conversations, but we do the work. Absolutely. I love that. Now, we mentioned in the intro that another part of your professional life is that you've established yourself as a healer and you've launched, launched this amazing platform, Midwest Elevation. Um, how does that part of your journey, the healing spiritual nature of your journey, tie into your role as an educator? Hmm, that's a great question. Um, I don't think they're very far removed obviously as an educator in the in the public sector we don't really talk about spirituality but also in, for me in my spiritual practice it's really more about um connecting to yourself being mindful um and none of and you know it's it's non-denominational it's not you know it it has it has a practice uh in and of itself of just being it's really the social emotional health <laughs> Absolutely. And I think that that's so important and vital. Um, just speaking personally, I've been on your platform as a guest. I've listened to the other guests that you've hosted. It's such a remarkable place to kind of find what we need that needed outlet for during, especially during this pandemic, you know, mm -hmm. having the weekly chats on Facebook and just kind of being a beacon during trying times. Do you agree that, you know, and, I'm, and, and I know sometimes when we talk about our own platforms, we don't want to sound like we're bragging, but <laughs> do you feel that, can you claim that Midwest Elevation and the work that you do as an educator all of those things kind of tie in uh, to be a beacon for you 
to be a place of peace for you? Do you find that, you know, with everything going on with remote learning and launching your platform, that it's been a place of peace for you? Absolutely. Um, for me, having, having the weekly series, having my students to be accountable for and to show up for, you know, I have to show up for my guests. I have to show up for my students. I have to show up for my family. Mm -hmm. uh, and in order to do that, I also have to be doing the inner work to make sure that I am centered, to make sure that I am, um, you know, not to make sure that I'm doing the things that I know, the tools in my back pocket, you know, whether it was from a psychology background or a spiritual background, that I can use those tools to, um, you know, to get back to center when it feels like everything is out of control, when things are completely overwhelming, because it feels that way for everybody. So it's interesting that you say, you know, can I claim that? And for me, I'm like, well, I'm no expert, right? I'm just another person doing the work along with everybody else. But I feel that that's, you know, we're all in a different place and we all have different gifts, which is why I have so many different guests on my mm -hmm. series because, you know, one thing can speak to one person uh, and not another, and vice versa. But we all have something that we can show up for each other with and to teach one another. I mean, my students teach me all the time, mm -hmm. right? They teach me how to be my best self, how to, um, you know, when they're struggling, when they're overwhelmed, when they have so many things to do, sure. um, and especially with my Success Center kids, you know, my main goal there is to help support them build their confidence in their not in their necessarily in their skills to do math and reading and science but in their skills to overcome the anxiety and the overwhelm that gets in the way of them being able to learn um and so uh you know i i learn just as much from helping my students uh and my clients remember how to take those tools out of their out of their toolbox or their back pocket um, and you know teach the, some new tools that can help alleviate some of that stress because we really you know we want to be there for other people but we can't do that um, if we're not if we're not, not for if your too. cup is not full you yeah. can't pour in someone else's absolutely um, I know we have some educators out there listening uh, for those who are, for some of for our educators who are having a, you know, a challenging time centering themselves, uh, who are having a challenging time getting used to this new normal, what is your piece of advice uh, for your fellow educators to find that sense of peace? Mm. Well, I will, I will preface this by saying that um, because I am all online, I am, I am able to focus there and there are a lot of our educators who are doing both online and in person especially at the secondary level okay. at the same time and they have a huge uh, and unique challenge that way um, and then of course now we're all online right now but you know regardless of the challenge the work that we do as educators you know it, it has its own life in the media it has its own life in, um, you know, the political world. Um, and, you know, my advice 
as with anything, is to really look at yourself, your goals, look at the connections that you're making with your students. Remember that you're not going to get it right uh, all the time or sometimes even half the time and just have some grace. Have some grace with yourself. Have some grace for your colleagues. Have some grace for your students. Um, you know, it's, it's cheesy and we've been saying it all year, but we are all in this together. Mm -hmm. And if we can come to every moment with some compassion, um, especially educators, compassion for ourselves and the, and the challenges that we are facing because they are new and different, um, then we'll be able to navigate this a whole lot better with a lot more peace of mind. Um, you know, it's a lot, but it's, but we do have each other and we do have ways in which we can focus on the here and now mm -hmm. of every moment. So that mindfulness is really key. Absolutely. I absolutely agree. Well, thank you, Renee, for sharing with our audience a bit about your experience as an educator and how a platform uh, as a healer has been helpful during this unprecedented time for you. Uh, before we close out, please share with our listeners uh, where they can find more information about you. Oh, yes. So uh, Midwest Elevation has a website, uh, www.midwestelevation.com. Um, there's also a Facebook group, Midwest Elevation, um, that you can join if you're somebody who's on Facebook. Uh, and that's where we actually do our weekly series live into the Facebook group. Um, so if you're able to join us, it's uh, every Tuesday, typically around 4.30 or 5 p.m. So if you want to join the lives, you know, you can chat with our, our guests uh, right there. Otherwise, um, you can catch the replays uh, on the website. Um, at any time, day or night. So, <laughs> um, and then you can find other information also from the website, just my contact information, anybody who's interested in um, learning more about the, the coaching and mentorship programs that I have as well. Awesome. Sounds good. Well, this is Stork Storytime Talks podcast from the North Liberty Library. And today we talked with Renee Zukin. Visit NorthLibertyLibrary.org to learn more about our library virtual programming and services. Thanks again to our sponsor, Mercy Iowa City.